Hello and welcome to another edition of Meet the Movie Press. It is June 17th, 2016 and we have two very special guests. What are we going to be talking about this week? The week's big releases, Wicked hitting the big screen. The Conjuring 2 gets a spin-off, uh, more Beverly Hills Cop and Donald Glover joins Spider-Man Homecoming and fans lose their shit. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news and interviews. Popcorn Talk, we talk movies and now. Here's Popcorn Talks. Meet the movie press. Hi, uh, it's Simon here again. Jeff is off this week. He is still sunning his sweet, sweet ass uh, in Anguilla, I think. Uh, apparently that's a place. I thought it was a really good Scrabble score. Uh, he's going to be back next week. But this week I'm joined by not only one special guest, but two very special guests. And for a change, it's not a total sausage fest. They're actually <laughs> women who like and know about film, which is amazing. Uh, so I'd like to introduce you to um, Yell Teagle and Ruth Cornett. Uh, Ruth. Yes. I I, I always refer to you as Ruth. It's Roth Cornette. I'm so so sorry. It's so easy because it's such an unusual first name. Well, yeah, and I often tell people my name is Simon and they just call me Wanker. Yeah. So... (laughs) You know, I'm, I'm with you on that you one. You can call me Lady Wanker. So, <laughs> I've right. seen that movie. Don't Google. Do not Google Lady Wanker. Uh, well, that's a very good family start to the I'm show. I'm definitely Googling Lady so, Wanker. <laughs> okay. This is going very well. Uh, Roth, uh, we will know your work, of course, um, from HitFix mostly. But you've, you've been doing this for quite a while, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm with HitFix. I've been with HitFix almost a year now. Before that, I was with IGN for about three years. Um, and before that, I was a freelancer primarily with... AMC Theaters, they do sort of the movie talk show. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys know that. Mm. They, it's now Collider Movie Talk. At the time, it was AMC Movie Talk when we were starting it off. Did junkets for them. Uh, Screen Rants, where sort of covered yeah. the geek beat. Yeah. My girl with the flash. <laughs> um, and then In Contention, which was a award slash prestige film site, yeah. I suppose. Mm. That's how you call it. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> and where can we find you on social media? I am at Roth Cornette across the social medias. Although I think Facebook... I think Facebook is Jennings Roth Cornette, which is technically my first name, but I'm not really on Facebook My anymore. mind is blown. Is it? Yes. Yeah. It's after Waylon. Ah, oh, yeah. I like it. This is going, this is going awesome. <laughs> oh, i got so many nerds. Uh, there may be a, a clean-up in R9 after we have a massive nerdgasm at some point. Um, and my other co-host this week is uh, Yell Teagle. Hello, everybody. Hello, Yell. Hi. Uh, you will probably know Yell from our sister network, um, After Buzz. Yeah. Um, does a lot. Seriously, I don't know how you sleep. Because you're always on that network. Right. I don't sleep. Uh, oh, There's okay. so much TV to watch. Uh, <laughs> that is true. It's not going to watch itself. Right. Where can we find you on social media? Um, I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle, and I can spell that if I need Do to. Do it, because it's pronounced Yell. Yell, like to scream, but it's spelt Y-A-E-L, last name T-Y-G-I-E-L. There are a lot of letters that don't need to be there. No, awesome. Another great Scrabble <laughs> score. Uh, so we're going to get to the big uh, releases of the week uh, in just a little while, but there is so much news that we need to cover off this week. Let's kick off with something that broke uh, about 24 hours ago. Um, Wicked, the movie. We knew that this was coming, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Universal announced that it was going to be hitting screens on December uh, 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm assuming the only thing currently that's going to go up against that is something to do with Star Wars. Um, I believe there's I'm, going to be a live action fairy tale uh, yeah. movie. Yeah. yeah, that's what I read. Cool. Okay. <laughs> um, so, I mean. Which would be an interesting because. That's a live action fairy tale. Yeah. Right? right? So it's like, a, I would imagine that somebody will blink. Right. Like when you had there was a short period of time where Captain America Civil War and Batman v Superman were on the same date Mm -hmm. and then Warner Brothers moved the date. So who do you think who do you think will lose in the game of chicken first? Do you think it'll be wicked 
Or do you think... Because they're both going to still get to come out in that very precious award season, you know, hotspot, which is around the holidays. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, everybody's got time off work. Everybody's kind of sick of their families. You know, they want to go and watch a movie. Do you think Wicked will be the one that's going to stand its ground? It's so hard to tell because Wicked's such a popular musical, but... Everything's about the adaptation. I feel like there was a period of time, you know, there were the two competing Jungle Book movies. Right. And I feel like there was a period of time that people just assumed that what Andy, whatever Andy Serkis did was going to be the cooler thing, right? Mm. And then Favreau's Jungle Book came out, and it's so great that now it feels like, well, how are you going to top that? Because that's really amazing. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to tell. I mean, and also Wicked the Musical is so unlike. If they were doing an adaptation of the book, mm. that would be a very different animal. Good point. Mm-hmm. Do you think this will be coming from an adaptation of the book that the show is based on? Or do you think it's going to be, as we've seen with some other things, adaptations of the stage show? Because Hamilton, we already know, mm. is going to be coming out and that's going to be straight up recording of the show and that's going to go into theatres. Which way do you think it's going to go with Wicked? Because we don't even know a director or any of the cast on this yet. Mm. I, my we do have a director. Play, right? Do we? We do have a director. Stephen Daldry is directing. Oh, fine. Yeah, uh, who you may know from Billy Elliot, yeah. the reader, Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Um, I think it's supposed to be the adaptation from the play, um, absolutely. Um, and I also heard rumor frontrunners are Leah Michelle and Harry Styles, which I'm really excited about Leah Michelle because it makes sense, Yeah, right? Because she is Adina Menzel, only shorter. Um, but, and she played her mother on Glee. Right, which, yeah. which is... Was, unnecessary to say we were like clearly they're yeah. related yeah. but why not just go straight and get you know Adele Dazeem herself as we all know her I would love that I would absolutely love that yeah I mean it depends at how they're telling the story because you when you first find her she is young you know mm. she's college age like they meet you know when they're in their late teens, yeah. early teens. So I don't know. What works on Broadway in terms of age mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily work on the screen. Mm. I mean, which is not to say she's too old for anything because she's not. It's just that right. tech, this, this is a character who is in her late teens when we meet her. Yeah. Quick, quick I mean, question from the booth, if sure. you your mind. Did yeah. it say that it was specifically going to be a live action adaptation? I believe so. I, I believe it Maybe. is. As yeah. opposed to an animated? You mean as yeah. an animated? No, I don't it was animated, then you can get whoever you oh, want. It. No, I it's believe not it's, a, it's not animated. It's yeah. a live action film. And I believe it is of the play. Yeah. Yeah. The okay. musical. It's going to be great. Okay. Uh, Kristen Chenoweth would be another name that I would right. love to see in that. Oh, I'd love them to come back. Yeah. Um, I think it would be easier for Adele Nazim. Adele Nazim, yeah. yes. Um, I think it would be easier for her because she's green and, you know, green, you could be any age. But I think. Kristen Chenoweth um, no longer, I think, is uh, in her late teens. Yeah, That's what I'm going to say. Not that they're too old for the role. It's just... Yeah. But if you've seen Iron Man, you know, we have the technology. We can de-age these actors if we need to. I don't think they're going to spend it that way. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, yeah, we can can do that. I mean, they don't do it too well in Central Intelligence, but we'll get to that later on. (laughs) Um, So uh, do you think people are genuinely excited about musical movies? They are quite a hard sell because there are a lot of people who are just like, I'm not going. It's a bloody musical. I Personally, as a heterosexual man, I love musicals, whether they're on screen, whether they're in stage. Rocky Horror is one of the greatest things mm. to me that's ever been created by anyone ever. Well, obviously. So Obvious. Awesome. I know, right? <laughs> Some people don't agree with that. They're assholes. Um, <laughs> but, but, yeah, I mean, do you think it'll be a bit of a difficult sell? They do well. I mean, Les Mis did very well. Yeah, Les Mis did very well. Do you? I mean, I 
don't because I actually think they're having a bit of a resurgence. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what's funny is that not to bring the Jungle Book back into it, but the way that they did the music in that, and this won't be the case with Wicked because it's it is a straight up musical, right. was so subtle. Yeah, you know, I mean, I think you could tell where they had um, more music and then pulled it back. So I think there's options about how you can adapt a musical. I'm curious to see what they'll do with Beauty and the Beast. I think that that will be mm. far more of a musical. That's akin to the to the animated movie, right? I have friends that worked on Beauty and the Beast, yeah, and they cannot contain their excitement about mm. everybody seeing it. Apparently, it is one of the best things that they've only not only worked on but seen as a creative entity come out of Disney or any other studio. They're so excited about it. Well, Matthew in the chat says the soundtrack to Wicked is one of my most listened to albums on my iPod, and Albin says I'm not, so, I'm so so on musical. Uh, musicals, too many bad ones. So yeah, there's a, there's a lot of bad musicals. Mm. Yeah, but we've also got um, Cats coming out as well, which is again out, coming out of Universal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a lot of people are more split on Cats than they are on perhaps most other musicals. I just think it yeah. depends. Cats is tricky. I think it's far yeah. trickier than Wicked, right? Because Wicked is has so many of the elements that we love today. It's turning a very popular story and flipping it its, mm-hmm. on its head. It's exploring the villain, mm. you know, and humanizing her. Um, Cats is a very bro- big, broad, heightened production about... Yeah. Cats, yeah, you know, <laughs> it's, kind of, it's it's all there in the title, right? Yeah. So I I've actually seen the play and I really enjoyed it, yeah. But I I'm having trouble understanding how they're going to translate that to the big yeah. screen. Um, I mean, the internet loves cats. So, I love cats. Yeah, uh, it's everyone says every video online is better with cats. Sure. So. I feel like that's somebody went. You know what people love? People love cats. cats. Let's do that. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe what it maybe feels what like. they could just do is actually do it with loads of cat videos with just the soundtrack of cats underneath. I would, I would absolutely watch that. Ah, uh, shit! I'm even in on that. So <laughs> we're going to take some calls on the show today. Um, I'm going to hand out the number and we'll, we'll put it in the chat as well. Um, the number if you want to get involved today is four two four two five three zero five zero four. And we would love to hear um, your reactions to anything we're talking about on the show today but we'd also like anything to hear from you that you've got questions about current films that are coming out or anything you'd like to hear from us for um let's stick with musicals for um for a minute um zach efron this week has been linked hasn't done a musical for a while mm-hmm. now everybody who watches the show on a regular basis knows that i'm a big fan of zach efron i think he's awesome um he is being linked to joining um greatest show on earth with hugh jackman who also is amazing in mm-hmm. musicals mm-hmm. um how do you think about that is it good for Zac Efron to, to go back and do a musical? Is it about time? Or should he maybe not do that? We don't even know if it's going to be a singing role for a start. It could right. be a non-singing role. I mean, we assume it's something where he will take He'll off sing. shirt. Yeah, of course the shirt's coming off. Yeah, <laughs> Right? That's Even all if he the cameo do. is shirtless guy, <laughs> yeah. that's coming off. I mean, doesn't it feel like Zac Efron and Hugh Jackman are sort of a perfect fit to work together? Because they have so... He's, in many ways, he's like the younger Hugh Jackman. Stay with me. Um, he is incredibly good looking. He's remarkably charming. And I agree with you. I think he's very talented. Mm. You know, he's a funny actor. He is... Um, certainly has a great singing and dancing ability that mm-hmm. if you've seen High School Musical. Um, <laughs> many, and, many times. Yeah, and I feel like there would be, if they are in a combative relationship, mm-hmm. that that would have a lot of chemistry. Mm. 
Um, I'm really excited, and I think it's a great I- idea. I agree that now that you've said it, he is absolutely the next generation of Hugh Jackman, um, which, you know, that means when we bring back more Wolverine movies, he can do it. I'm, a, I'm good with that. And that's not the most ridiculous. How tall is he? He's a bit taller than me, so three foot four. No, he's, yeah. um, I think he's about five seven, five eight, something okay, like that. So perfect height for Wolverine. Yeah. Um, that said, I had read that this project has been in development since 2009. It has, and there have been a lot of people attached to it. Right. Over the years. But it's like A Star is Born. Again, we saw that mm. project, you know, come off the shelf mm-hmm. this week with um, Lady Gaga, I believe, being mm, yeah. attached to it. I mean, holy shit, over the last five years, I think pretty much every single woman that can hold a tune has been attached to that project. Yeah. There are these things that just come around. Right. The Crow is another one. I'll, I'll get to that later on. But mm-hmm. that just keeps coming around and getting dusted yeah. off. And it's one of those projects. So, so st- no, go Oh, I was just going to say, I'll worry about Hugh Jackman and um, Zac Efron when I have more news, you know, like, yeah, we could worry about it now, but it could also not happen. And in, in three years, we'll be like, guess who's joining Hugh Jackman in this movie? Yeah. I mean, but I mean, if that was the final cast, I'd be more than happy with that. Oh, and it's, it's something I would totally watch and they can yeah. both sing and they can both dance and they're both pretty freaking awesome. And they yeah. should both be shirtless. They're definitely. Yeah. yeah I mean, that'll be on the DVD extras on the X rated version. <laughs> they just hug. <laughs> Even I'm getting a semi of that yeah. thought. And I'm straight. Yeah. But it's a very, it's a very loving hug. I yeah, think. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's funny. A Star Is Born is one of those interesting things because I'm actually that. You know, people talk about what's the movie that made you love movies, and it was the Janet Gaynor A Star Is Born. I mm. saw it like on TV really late at night when I was little, and it just kind of blew me away. And that's the movie that I imprinted on me in a very significant way. But so everybody's remaking the Judy Garland one, which is not my favorite. Mm. And that's sort of, it's probably the best known one, though. It's, it is. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's not that it's not good either. Yeah. It's just, you know. Um, and I also don't know. I mean, it was also remade with Chris Christopherson and um, Barbara, Barbara Streisand. Yeah. It's, I get why you want to remake it. It's such a great story. Mm-hmm. But most of it. <laughs> yeah, it has been told quite a few times. It's a great film called Star Wars. Oh, shit. Okay. Um, yeah, cool. So, yeah. Uh, we have our first caller on the line. Awesome. Okay, fantastic. Thanks. Uh, so, we got our first caller of the show. Uh, what's your name and where are you from? I feel like Dolly Parton uh, hey. in Straight Talk. Yeah, sorry. Carry on. Oh, sorry. Hey, it's Mike from New York. How are you? Hey, good, Mike. How are you? What would you want to talk about? I'm good. Well, you guys brought up the Wicked Musical first. Mm. Um, sorry about that. Here's my couple of things, a couple of thoughts. Um, I enjoyed the show very much. I do enjoy musicals. Uh, my concern is, first off, culturally, we've kind of moved away from musicals at the movies, which is unfortunate, but the reality is we've become, I think, so used to kind of designating, like, musicals are, on a, are for the stage. And let's be honest, think about even Glee. On Glee, how many times were, whenever they sing songs, did it go from them maybe in real life to on a stage? We were basically culturally accepting like music are on the stage. So that's kind of my first thing. And second thing is I don't think there is a director out there right now, at least that I know of, who knows how to shoot a musical. Nobody knows how to shoot musicals. If you've watched any of those, I've watched like a minute and a half because I can't stand them. They're like the Step Up movies. Mm. They're all the same MTV garbage editing. Everybody cuts on action when they miss the point of like the point of the musical is 
you play it in wides. You play it in wides. You let people see things. You let people see dance. You let people see dancing. I'm sorry, people dancing. Let them see the whole set. And also, not for nothing, um, the actors in Hollywood these days, based on like what what we are looking for now, mm. we're not looking for people who can necessarily do everything, including sing. You're not looking for a five tool player. You're looking for maybe a one or two tool player. Yeah. Uh, if you'll allow me to use a baseball metaphor, but that's sort of the thing. So I don't know if I want to see how many, think about how many musicals in the last 10 years we've seen with actors who cannot sing. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, that's true. I mean, let's, let's, let's take sort of a few of those points one by one. I think yeah, yeah, your yeah. point about directors is, is right. I think you need someone who gets, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but someone who gets stage and be able to transfer that to screen. I think Stephen Daldry is a really good candidate for that because it can be done. I don't know if any of you have seen um, things like Grease Live mm-hmm. that was on, mm-hmm. uh, on TV quite recently and, and the, the sound of music when they did mm-hmm. that live. So we appear to be able to do that on TV for the small screen, but he's right that when we transfer it to the big screen we don't seem to have that capability so would the way ahead be to get those people who direct for the small screen who aren't necessarily known names as directors but get how it works as a piece of theater to then make these movies rather than the Stephen Daldry's and the you know the, the Tom Hoopers and people like that I think he your point plays to what uh, Mike was it yeah um, said about how it needs to be on stage mm. and I think that that is why the small screen ones work because they are on a stage mm. um, and we can see it that way um, we have rich cruel sugar in the uh, chat who says dream girls was well directed mm. and that's yeah. Bill Honda yeah dream I, I I don't know I've actually liked <clears throat> I really enjoyed Chicago yes mm. um Dream Girls and Lee Miz, which all three were quite different yep. in the approach, and I thought they all worked. Um, and I was a huge fan of Lee Miz on stage and very skeptical. And mm. there were some things that didn't work about it. I would agree with you that that there were some actors in that film that could not sing nearly as well <laughs> as the stage actors. And when you had the original stage actor come out for a cameo, that became very apparent. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, but. There were some great moments in that that I thought worked as a film, and they are two different mediums. Mm. Um, and I'm not like I think it's kind of problematic. There are some films that are adapted from plays that still feel like plays, yeah, and then so they feel a little flat as a film. Mm. But I, I think I but what you're saying I think is talking about a director that can really direct a musical for the big screen in the ways of the golden age of Hollywood. Um, which would be interesting to see if a modern audience would respond. We to would that. have to go back to using things like Panavision. Yeah, you know the way they did things like Seven Brides for Seven Brothers That'd and be that, interesting. that kind of film. It would be great. But do we have stages now that are big enough? I suppose they'd have to build one if they wanted to do it. That are able to to encompass that that scope of physical shot. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a stage uh, Tarzan. They built a jungle mm. on, on a stage mm. in London. You know, so you can. You can certainly, I think, build a stage wide enough to shoot a great musical. That's true, yeah. I would also say, um, these may be, people may disagree, but I feel like uh, Moulin Rouge was a great musical. It's not a theater show Mm -hmm. that was um, taken, but I think Baz Luhrmann did a great job. Yeah. Um, And uh, people are definitely going to disagree, but I think Across the Universe was done in an interesting, beautiful way, and that's Julie Taymor from uh, The Lion King on Broadway. So. Now, Across the Universe, yes. that I can agree to. That was probably one of the better musicals I've seen. But you mentioned before, like, Moulin Rouge. That, to me, is the enemy. Like, that, that is the definition <laughs> of what wow. we need to Burn not Burn it with do. fire! 
uh, fast it. cutting. The fact that you can't see you can't see half the action. You can't you can't really even enjoy a shot because he's using it for less than twenty frames. Mm. Uh, I'm sorry, that's I just it's especially I, I won one. I lost that was I, Norman, but I, 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 I don't I, like so. again. I mean, th- thanks for your call. It's always good to hear from you. I know you call in on a no regular problem. basis, so thank you for that. Um, we'll just talk about this again for for a couple of seconds. Um, but I think it's it, with musicals, it's very difficult to please all the audiences at once. Mm-hmm. Um, with uh, anything, yeah, yeah, that, that's true. Actually, you know, you get people who want to go and see; they just want to see like it is on the stage, or people who want to go and see something different or people don't want too much song and dancing or they don't want too much it is quite difficult when you've got something that is quite a divisive thing and this is musicals are not the only genre with this horror is another one comedy is another one people mm-hmm. have very specific wants from a project to try and get all those elements in and keep the film fans happy and then keep the fans of the musical and i mean rocky horror i'll go back to that i'm a massive rocky horror fan mm-hmm. and i it's taken me a long time to embrace the new rocky horror that, that's going to be on fox i'm not even ready yet well, i'm I, not ready i'm yeah. I'm now really interested and really excited about it because they've they've done something that's very different. It's ne- we're never going to lose the original Rocky Horror, and I love that, and I would die for that film. But and, and the stage show I've seen way too many times that is healthy. Um, but you know, you, it's never going to be the same. But it's going to be done in a slightly different way, and it's going to have different elements they're going to bring out. So, who, who do you cosplay as when you go to see this? Do you know what? Show? Okay, I don't tell many people this, but. I, I I once did this to go to a show um, when I lived in South Wales in in, in a city called Swansea, um, and I was probably in my late teens, and I went to see uh, Rocky Horror at my local theatre, and I went as Frank Enferta. <laughs> now it wasn't a particularly accepting time, um, and you know, as I say before, I'm a, I'm a straight man, but I went into a bar before the show on my own, <laughs> dressed as Frank Enferta, and it is still to this day one of my career goals to play Frank Enferta in a professional production of the Rocky Horror Show. Tell me there are photos. There are no photos, thank God. But so disappointed. in those days, I had a sweet ass. <laughs> well, then how are you going to pitch yourself? You're just yeah. going to have to do it again. Yeah, well, I, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll take a picture of myself dressed as Frank Enfert. I'll, I'll just tweet it to all the directors um, yeah. Yeah. that I know, and that won't be at all awkward. No, I think it'll be great. <laughs> hey, if you don't put yourself out there, right? Right. You've got to be in it to win it. Um, okay, I just want to um, talk about a film that we've got uh, coming out in the next couple of weeks. It's called um, The Jewel. It's, uh, it's coming from Lionsgate Premiere. Uh, I'm not usually a fan of westerns. Well, it's a Western adventure that stars Woody Harrelson and Liam Hemsworth. Uh, it comes out in theatres and also on demand uh, on June 24th. Um, now, like I say, I'm not really a fan of Westerns. I do like thrillers. But I think the cast here is particularly interesting because you've got Hemsworth, who plays a Texas Ranger, um, who's investigating a series of murders in a, in a small town um, mm-hmm. led by a charismatic preacher, played by Woody Harrelson. Um, the routine undercover investigation doesn't do it particularly well. Does it ever? in these movies if it goes smoothly you don't have a very long film uh, so obviously you know kind of goes tits up for the ranger um he's still got to solve the case though before he can actually lose everything in this mysterious town it's you know it's, it's got that nice sort of noirish feel to it as well um it sounds really good i watched the trailer this week uh, really impressed by it and as i say comes out in theaters and on demand on june 24th uh, so that's next weekend if you're gonna look for something that's you know you want to see that's a bit different there's a lot of films out there that are the same right now i'll probably check it out it's called the duel um so do that 
Um, something else that's coming out uh, on demand at the moment is The Clown. We're going to get to that because we've already had people in the chat room asking about that today. But uh, that's the new Eli Roth movie. We'll talk about that later. So um, let's move away from uh, from musicals and talk about uh, Donald Glover joining Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, sure. Max Tilly in the chat already was like, let's talk about yeah, Donald Glover. Let's, let's talk, Donald, let's, Donald let's Glover talk about could, the Glover in the room. Uh, the, he could do a, lot a musical of, if he wanted. Uh, he could he do could. pretty much anything. <laughs> he he's, could. he's really popular right now. Um, this week, obviously, you know, there has been a lot of campaigning online. You know, he's been doing quite a lot of things. And people have said, why don't you cast him as Spider-Man? Mm. And in the new Spider-Man movie, I know certainly from the studio that they were looking at perhaps not having a white Spider-Man. So perhaps mm. moving away from Peter Parker. Um, obviously, he's a bit older. Mm. than Tom, who's now playing Spider-Man. So right. we don't know what the role is going to be. Um, the fact that he's in it um, got Glover lovers very excited this week. Is that um, what they're called? No, I made that up. Yeah, well, I was going to say, if I haven't heard that already. Yeah, More than welcome to use that. Yeah. Trademark, gonna, meet the movie press. I'm a Glover lover. <laughs> yeah, who I'm, isn't? I've loved him since, I don't know if you guys remember Mystery Team, mm. which is he was a part of this online comedy troupe and they made this film with that movie Mystery. was so good isn't it funny it's yeah amazing. yeah if you guys love Donald if you haven't seen mystery team but you're a Don- uh, glover lover um <laughs> then you should definitely check out mystery team because it's great because he also had a lot of uh, creative control in that he was obviously yeah. wonderful in community yeah a lot of people are asking the question could he be miles morales in this film mm-hmm. right but i don't know would it, it wouldn't it be interesting to have two spider-man in one movie but i think it's unlikely that they would do that the first time out with right. this new peter parker to have two spider-man but it would also be really cool and bold yeah but he's also a little bit older mm. right so there's a lot going into it because people that's what they were a lot of people were campaigning for him to be miles morales yeah. because they he voices him. him in ultimate spider-man yeah. web wars yeah. yeah yeah what do you think do you want to see miles um, I do. I I did read a lot about the you know the conflict of him being older and having two. And I we've already seen the Spider Man origin story twice. Yeah. Um, I feel like it would be interesting to do anything else. Well, they're not going to do an origin story, right? But I think it would like, be great. Definitely not. It would be great to have. I think it would be great to have him as well. Have Miles yeah. Morales in there. Absolutely, because that's cool. so interesting. Right? And especially, I mean, there, it's weird because I feel conflicted about it. There's this part of me that's like, they're never going to do that the first time they put... I mean, he was in Civil War, right. but the first time for a yeah, solo yeah. film because it may pull focus, but it would pull focus in a really cool way right right two spider-man am i right in thinking there's a, there's a, another project spider-man project being developed at the moment that is an animated project at sony and isn't that one going to focus on miles that's that is the going thought that yeah. it will which isn't to say that you could not have because that's an animated film that would technically be so that could be its own universe mm-hmm. so which isn't to say that you couldn't have Miles Morales live action as well. Mm. The issue is they don't exist in the same universe, you know, but they could. Well, I mean, what's to say that we're not going to see something come out of Infinity Wars mm-hmm. where, you know, we because that's going to be the end of one chapter and, you know, shit's going to move in, you know, in the universe. So potentially that could be a way to get it in. That's purely and that's speculative. that's super complicated because Infinity War is taking place in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the mm. Disney one, and then, you know, obviously it's Sony that's mm-hmm. got Spider-Man and they're working it out to share him. Yeah. yeah. But it'd be really weird if 
the change in the universe there affected there, but that it would have to. It now. would have to, yeah. and I would love it. Yeah, I, if you're gonna, if you're gonna do it, yeah. then let's do it. Like, let's make this universe. Yeah. Well, I, I did a piece with with the Russo brothers for Forbes a couple of months ago, and we were talking about this. And they, you know, your point about it being a Disney and a, and a, and a Sony, you know, entities within Marvel is absolutely correct. And they've been working very, very closely with Sony to to, to especially pick the Spider Man and to work out where it's going and to kind of you know lay the path. And they haven't agree with where it's going. So it it could happen. Um, in well, the chat, it would be good. Yeah, we have a lot of people uh, with theories on what Donald Glover is doing. Okay. MK Songbird says he could be playing Robbie Robertson, editor in chief mm. of the Daily Bugle. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad Future says no, he's not Miles Morales. Uh, okay. Alban agrees. I doubt he's Miles. Probably not. Yeah, we don't know. We but don't know, but it would be great. Right. It would be really great. <laughs> We're fan casting. Um, yeah, and we have, oh, this is a good one. Zeno Hour says, I think Donald Glover might be another hero, like Prowler or something. Hmm. Interesting. Um, I, I, I think it's, it's I mean, it, or a love interest, a love interest for Aunt May. I saw that too somewhere. I think everybody's going to be a love interest for Aunt May in this movie, but we already know like Vulture is the villain, yeah. right? Yeah. So we, and I, I don't, he's not going to be Vulture because Vulture is an old man. It's Michael going, Keaton. Yeah. Mm. So, well, that's not locked yet, but we hope. They're back in talks, but I don't think oh. that's confirmed. What? No. Because they were in talks and then Downey joined and they were out of talks, presumably because they blew a lot of cla- cash on getting Downey. Yeah. Um, and then they were back in talks. It'd be awesome if he is. Mm. That's what I hear. A couple of, couple of really interesting ideas there. But, um, you know, everybody got really excited about it. So I, I'm certainly that's out of all the castings within the Marvel Universe right now. I think that's the one that I'm most interested in. Um, to see where they're going to place him. I don't know how soon we'll know anything on that. Well, Simon, uh, speaking yeah. of, of wanting to know, we have another caller on the line. Awesome. Hello, who are you and where are you from? Hi, it's Jonathan again. Hey, Jonathan, how are you? I'm very good. Good. What are your um, thoughts uh, on this? Uh, thoughts on Don Glover? Yeah. Part of my homecoming? Um, well, I thought it was very interesting. And also, yes, I might... Then he might play Robbie Robertson, mm-hmm. and also another casting for Spider-Man: Homecoming. You know the guy from uh, Silicon Valley and the one who's in uh, Prometheus. And I think the guy from Silicon Valley play might be one of the Daily Bugle employees. You know, one of those texting news bloggers mm. type of thing. Thoughts on that? That could work. That yeah. I did see that announcement today. Yeah, um, and I think. I think it would be great. I think it's too... I feel like he can do so much more. Mm. Um, I'm trying to remember that actor's name right now, and I can't... The guy from Silicon Valley? Yeah. Yeah, he's also in... It's um, Guilfoyle. Yes, he's also in... Uh, oh, God, something else I saw recently. Yeah, I mean, I I don't think those, those two guys that you've just mentioned are going to be... I think they're going to have sort of uh, an ABC level of size apart. They're probably around the C level. I think we're looking at, at, at Donald Glover being, you know, B plus, B plus mm-hmm. level. Yeah. He's certainly going to be more integral to the part than yeah. that. I think at the moment they're gathering quite a few interesting names to fill out that cast. Uh, also for a recognisable cast. I think that's something that outside of the A-list in the last reboots of the Spider-Man movies, mm. they, they kind of lacked. It was very much that we know who these people are and then everybody else is bit players. Right. Um, and I think they're being a bit more conscientious with that and they're going to pull in a lot of people from these different shows and different entities that these guys have worked with before. So I think those are probably C-level castings at the moment. Mm-hmm. Martin Starr, oh, thank you. Okay, Martin thank Starr, you. that's Let right. Let me get yeah. to my real question real quick. Um, okay. I mean, now you have seen Finding Dory. Yes. And I'm just wondering, can you put this movie in the top ten? 
Pixar of, of Pixar movies. Uh, for me, yeah. Yeah, yeah, very easily. Like a 10 or a 9, like that? No, I'd, I'd put it probably around a, a, a 4 or a... Yeah, about a 4 for me. I think it's one of their, it's one of their stronger works. I know a lot of really? people out there... Yeah, I know a lot of people out there disagree. I'm really excited to see Finding Dory because that movie, uh, Finding Nemo, just a little personal to me because... When I was four or five years old, mm. every day I came home from preschool, I used to watch Finding Nemo every day, every time I came home from it. It just, I personally love Finding Nemo so much, and it yeah. kind of closes to my heart. So, not it's, very much personally, but I really enjoy memories of it. So, it, it it's, a, it's a great movie. I think you'll be, I think you'll really enjoy it. Um, and we'll, we'll get to the review sort of later in the show, because we, we've all seen it here in the studio. Mm-hmm. Um, and but, Ross? One more thing. Yeah. I just want to give you a quick shout out to Wap. And I agree. Back on movie sites, I love your pitch for Spider Man Homecoming. Huh. You're on movie sites on it. I, I love do. your pitch on it. Thank you. Thanks. It's good, right? <laughs> Thank yeah, you. Thanks. And that was, before, awesome. that was before they had uh, Downey in it, officially. Oh. Mm. I'm just, I don't know why. It's the small things that I have to do this about. But thank you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Thanks for, thanks for your call and thanks for the feedback. That's awesome. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll move on slightly from, from Spider-Man. Um, there's a couple of little things I, I want to touch on, um, as I say to my wife. Um, first of all... Um, <laughs> Sorry. Or does she say that? She says that. Okay. Yeah, it's the other way around. Yeah. Uh, yeah it's, I wouldn't even describe it as small, to be honest with you. Um, <laughs> I think that's so we're blowing the story a bit. Uh, Corin Hardy, um, a, a director who I personally really like, is not massively well known, but I think is one of the the best talent that we're going to see develop in the next couple of years. Um, if you haven't seen his film The Hallow, have you seen that? I haven't actually, which is odd because I'm such a horror fan. It is on Netflix. And it's one of the ones that was like, I don't know what the fuck this is. Yeah. But, you know, I've got 90 minutes. I'll watch it. It's great. It's a little horror film. It's about sort of, you know, fairies in the woods. Um, and it's great. It's a really great film. And the way that he shot it, and not a lot of money, is superb. Uh, so Corin Hardy this week has been um, attached to direct Hellbent for, I believe, Paramount. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a story of a, a bunch of guys who are basically sent to prison. Um, and they are given the option as, they, as they, they die in jail and they're going to hell. And a preacher gives them the chance to, in order to redeem themselves, to stop the devil coming to earth and you know, creating hell. Yeah. It sounds fucking awesome, if I'm going to be quite honest with you. And from what I've seen of his work so far, I think he'll be an excellent choice. Do you think it's it's good as giving a lot of these directors who've only done a little bit of work to to come in and take on a project of this size and scope that is, it's quite, it's quite a big remit. It could be a really big movie. Do you think it's good to give people that chance? Yeah, I mean, it can go either way, I think, as we've seen, especially over the last couple of years. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, Josh Trank was a very notable case where that didn't work out, where he went from a very small scale to a very big scale, and it didn't work. But there's probably, you know, I there's a lot of reasons for why that evolved that way. At the same time, we have John Watts right now, who's getting ready to direct Spider- not to bring it back to Spider-Man Homecoming, but Spider-Man Homecoming, and previously he did Cop Car, which came out of Sundance, which yep. is awesome, um, and Clown, which yep. we're going to talk about. So those are very small films, comparatively, um, and, and that can be very successful and has been very successful. And cer- certainly, you know, whether you love Jurassic World or not, yeah. Colin Trevorrow... He's done one movie before that, right? He'd done one movie. It was a great, great movie. But he'd done one movie, yeah. and then he did this 
massive blockbuster that was hugely successful. Mm. So it can go either way, but anything can. It, there's such an alchemy. Um, I definitely read that he's, although not as well known, but he is known for this very distinct, creepy, gritty style yeah. that um, for a movie like Hellbent would be perfect. Yeah. Um, as not a horror fan, um, it sounds terrifying, and I think that horror fans will love it. It sounds like it's going to be great. I am going to stay so far away from it, because so, it sounds scary. Well, it sounds to me, and probably not the best example, but it sounds a little bit taking the idea of something, say, like Suicide Squad, mm, and mm. then mixing it with something a bit like Constantine. Yeah. Mm. And I, I love that idea. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be an exact, you know, marriage of those two things. Um, But I think it's great. I think there's a lot of... There's a lot of directors out there, I think, and I don't mean to sound too negative, but a lot of those directors who've been out there for quite a while, and they're kind of sometimes they're just jobbing it. They're doing a project because they want to do it for whatever reasons. Mm -hmm. And the passion... And the vision, perhaps, isn't there sometimes with, with major studio movies. Um, whether that's because of pressure from studio or they're kind of like doing it, ah, I just want to do this because of whatever. So I think it's really good to see someone like Corin come through with the vision that he wants to do and have that passion and that freshness and bring something mm-hmm. new to the market. It's effectively pressing a bit of a reset button for the industry. He And the thing is, even though that'll be a bigger movie than than what he's worked on previously, it's not as big as something like... Fantastic Four, where it really will be movie by committee. You know, there is there are no studio films that are not in some way by committee. Mm. Though even when we see the director's mark on it, something like Guardians of the Galaxy, where you can really tell that that's a James Gunn film. It is also very much a Marvel film, right? And it fits within Mm -hmm. that framework. So, well done them to have found that balance, but I feel like the film, this film will not be... I don't know what the budget would be, but I don't think it's going to be $150 million. No, 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 no. no. Um, uh, also, he could be back doing The Crow, a project that he was attached to previously, which mm. I'm, I love The Crow, and I'm really excited to see what they can do with it. And I think his vision w- would be great for that. Yeah. Um, a film out at the moment, Conjuring 2. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's okay. It's fine. I didn't like it as much as the, the original. You've seen, I'm not expecting you to have seen it nope. at all, Yell. Um, <laughs> it looks scary. It, it's, it's scary. <laughs> Not as scary as the first one. Kind of shit my pants in that one, but in The Conjuring, yeah. Do you know what's funny? I really like the Blumhouse films. Well, I like some of them, but um, I, I, I don't get scared in any of them. Mm. I don't know why. I don't know if I'm like just kind of broken inside or what the deal <laughs> is. But I'm trying to think of the last movie that I truly thought was scary. I think All probably the ones yeah, everything Finding Nemo yeah. um, Finding Dory was terrifying <laughs> um, I, probably the ones I think that have most affected me in the last couple of years are the first Insidious mm-hmm. the first Sinister um, and, and the Oculus. first. you see I liked Oculus I didn't love Oculus it didn't it didn't give me the willies. I wasn't scared by Oculus. I was more kind of like affected by Oculus. Because yeah. I looked at it more as like this horrible family drama tragedy. Mm. Um, I don't know. What do you guys, What scares you guys? Cause, because the Blumhouse films seem to work really well for, for yeah. many, many horror fans. I mean, if you've got any thoughts on this, um, the number is uh, 424-253-0504. What in a film does actually scare you? Um, I mean, The Conjuring for me, it had moments of, of, of good scaring, The Conjuring too, but it wasn't as relentless as, as the first one. It didn't have that continual feeling of impending doom, and I yeah. thought they had perhaps too much money to do things like The Crooked Man, which for me was a bit like, 
well, it looks like he's escaped from a Tim Burton movie. I'm right. like, lovely, well done. <laughs> Didn't really work. But there's also the character of the evil nun, mm. which mm. is why I got onto this in the first place. Um, announced yesterday that the evil nun is going to be getting her own spin-off film, a la Annabelle. Mm. Um, Annabelle 2, by the way, is currently in the works. God knows why. Um, but yeah, the evil nun, which I did not like as a character particularly, and was a late addition to the production. She wasn't in the original draft. That character was just going to be a, you know, a, a demon, a regular right, demon. Yeah. Well, they had yeah. to go back and re- reshoot quite a little bit. Yeah. So, and that was quite recently. That was only mm. a few months ago. Now, three months before it opened. Yeah, which is not a not a long time at all. Um, and then to give that character their own spin-off movie, I don't think she's strong enough for a spin-off movie. Well, I think that what it is, so The Conjuring, you know, to your original point, and though though I said that many of the Blumhouse films don't scare you, that one I was scared by, actually. It, a little bit. I was creeped out. Mm. I thought it was very creepy. Um, and it was, and I liked it quite a bit. And so Annabelle, I think, was one of those, those features in those films mm. that was just, that added to the atmosphere of unease you know she was unnerving and so but then once you and the film the spinoff film did very very well financially so that tells me why they want to make this new one but i felt like once you really started to hear like all of the backstory about annabelle she wasn't as scary as what your own imagination could make up about Mm. that creepy doll yeah you know and i wonder if the same thing would be true about this nun which is a it's a cool image you know, like yeah. that's why he changed the image because he was like, oh, we've seen, you know, a lot of demons with horns. But wouldn't it be creepy to see a nun that yeah. was also a demon? Um, I think it might be interesting. Um, I agree. The backstory can sometimes kill a character, mm-hmm. yeah. um, especially a character that was created three months before opening, which means she has no backstory. Um, it's I feel like they're um, grasping at straws, but also like. Come up with something new. Mm. Let's see, like instead of a spin-off, let's be creative. Yeah. Let's come up with a new conjuring. Yeah. You know? That's what I assume horror fans would enjoy. Well, I just think that the whole the Warren Case book. Yeah. There are so many great stories in there. You just pull whatever. Why not just pull one of those out yeah. and make that? Or or perhaps if you're releasing The Conjuring 2, I'm yeah. not telling Warner Brothers how to do Hollywood and kind <laughs> of am. But it's if you're gonna have the Conjuring 2, then why not three months... Make the Nun movie simultaneously. Right. And then three months after, so when it's tying in with, say, the Home Entertainment release, you shove the evil Nun out on VOD and Home Entertainment. Right. Or do it that way, rather than... And then leave the big screen for those proper, full-developed stories, another mm-hmm. Conjuring movie or something. Because yeah. the only one that they can't do is Amityville, right? That's yeah. the only case Which that they, they touched on at the beginning of The Conjuring 2. Yeah, they... I wanted more of that. It. Well, but I think that's the only one that they, they actually can't do, yeah. is the Amityville story. Um, but there's so much that they can do from mm. their case books. And, but unless, I guess, it, the only thing that I can imagine with this Nun movie is it's going to be another possession movie in which the demon wins and then drags her. Is that what's going to happen? I'm, I can only assume so, which right? kind of is the movie. Which is a little bit tragic. Yeah. Or they're going to just cross over with American Horror Story. Sure. Yeah. That, that is a nun that I would watch. That's a horror that I watch. Yeah. It's American Horror Story. Right now, I'm having none of it. 
puns. Uh, Helen Mirren this week. Oh, um, yes. Not a scary lady. She's lovely. Um, I have a little bit of a crush on her. Is that weird? No, Everyone everybody does. has a okay, crush on cool. her. Okay, cool. Then it's not awkward. Yeah. Um, yeah, so a couple of months ago, we know that Vin Diesel basically doing interviews was like, it's about a year ago now, he said, I'd love Helen Mirren to be in the movies. Um, I, I... She brought it up first. Oh, yeah. did she bring it up first? Oh, yeah. She brought it up first. She brought it up okay. a year ago. She said it was a life's ambitions of her of hers to be in a Fast and Furious movie, but only if they let her drive. And if we couldn't love Helen Mirren more, which it felt impossible, mm. now we do. And I will do anything to see Vin Diesel and Helen Mirren together and doing a scene yeah. together. Throw in Kurt Russell. Oh. They should they should get actually get married and be Vin Mirren. Yeah, that would be awesome. Or Viren. They could be Mirren, a couple. Yeah. yeah, in all the papers. I liked Vin Mirren. Thank Vin you. Mirren. Uh, so yeah, so I think it's great. I mean, the, the cast, the, the Fast and Furious films, originally just kind of like eh, fast cast for guys. Mm. Well done. It's like a boner movie, um, but now it's it's actually developing into it has developed over the last couple of years into proper films yeah. with really good characters, with good stories. I mean, okay, it's still popcorn movies. You know, we're not looking at Oscar-winning stuff here. But, you know, it, as you say, this, this, you know, Helen Mirren, Kurt Russell, Charlize Theron, this, uh, uh, um, Scott Eastwood, you know, and all the people that were already in it, it's really becoming the, it's the, it's the daddy, it's the intelligent film franchise. It's For, the daddy, Mac Daddy franchise. It is, it's the Mac Daddy. Uh, never sounded whiter. Um, but yeah, I just think it's just becoming something completely different. I think it's this, look, I, I actually have, and I've talked about this and been judged about this and I don't care before. I have an unabashed... You are you know, saying that people are sometimes judgmental online? Never, never. Um, an unabashed affection for the Fast franchise, but mm. it is really silly. I mean, we go to watch it to watch ridiculous things happen, yeah. like planes being harpooned down out of the air yeah. and cars miraculously driving through not one, not two, but three different high rises yeah. and surviving. It's amazing. And so I think Helen Mirren has is just, you know, she's got a great sense of fun. Yeah. And she wants to be a part of that because it's fun and it's silly and she was great in red. Yes. And she probably had a fantastic time taking mm. on that kind of a role. Um, wouldn't it be cool because we know that Charlize Theron is going to be the villain if she's her mom yeah. Or yeah. well I was just going to say actually I'm wondering if this is because we know there are going to be spin-offs but we don't know what they're about yet if this is setting it up for a mother-daughter mm. kind of spin-off oh that'd be so amazing how cool would that be oh I love Helen Mirren. I feel like she is another Betty White where we just mm. love her mm. and she can say and do whatever she wants and we go yes Helen Mirren um, but I and I haven't seen Fast and the Furious since the first one, but I cannot be more excited. You needs what are you doing? You're you watching so watch much it. TV. You need to watch the Fast and Furious movies. Oh, I will. Yeah, well, I, I would say a good place to start is Fast Five. Start at five. Yeah, okay, because yeah. that's where the the series starts to change into the action heist movie that it is. Done. And as a matter of fact, uh, Action Movie Anatomy, also on the Popcorn Talk Network, just covered it this past week. So Boom! It's a good Excellent. Place to start. Thank so you. watch the movie and then watch that. Oh, yeah. absolutely. But I, what I was saying was I have never been more excited for a Fast and the Furious movie yeah. than I am right now with Helen Mirren joining it. There aren't that many franchises, generally, if you look at all the franchises in Hollywood, where people are, are falling over themselves to, to, to get on board. Yeah. You know, and, and stars are putting themselves out. I mean, obviously, you've got your Star Wars and stuff like that. But, you know, people like Helen Mirren are going like, do you know what? It's completely different to all the other stuff that I do. I want to go in there. I want to drive a car. Yeah. It's kind of like, it's like a wish list. Yeah. she. I think she made that a requirement. Yeah. You know, you will let me drive a car. I wonder what she'll drive like. <laughs> 
I don't know. Oh, awesome. It's going to be great. You're very careful. She says she careful. only, uh, she said that when she drives in movies, it's always her. That said, she has not done a Fast and the Furious movie yet. So yeah, she's not going to be, really be able to do all of the stunt driving. But she has to do some of it. It's yeah. going to be yeah. so good. I'm, I'm so excited, genuinely excited about that. Yeah. Uh, that was great news for me this week. Um, also, Sicario. Did you both see Sicario last year? Mm-hmm. I found out this week uh, an intervent, the director of the sequel, um, is going to be doing, uh, said it was going to be doing three movies. Right. So it's kind of like st- three standalone stories, but effectively um, an anthology trilogy, that kind yeah. of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I saw Sicario, I didn't immediately think it would make a, a trilogy, possibly a sequel. Neither did I. I don't think the studio did. <laughs> but now we know it's going to go that way. How do you feel about it? Do, do oh, you want to start? Or I can I'm sure. Happy. I can start. Um, I like the idea. So I, I read that it's uh, the the three anthology movies with the core actors mm-hmm. um, and set in the same world, but different aspects of the world. Yes. So the first one was um, about the drug war, and the next one is going to be... Um, the border. The border, an immigration conflict mm-hmm. rather than a drug war, which is... Interesting, and I I like the idea. It's kind of like making your own, uh, to bring it back to TV, American Horror Story, but in three movies. And I'm kind of a big fan of this idea. It's original-ish, and it's clever, and, you know, I think it's going to be interesting. Yeah. So I have kind of mixed feelings about it, because on on the one hand, I, I get why they have to do this, you know, because franchises are the order of the day franchise attachment um understanding what something is before you see it and to some degree mm-hmm. is required for something to be a success not always but very frequently and i think the reason for that is that we are so flooded with media i mean we are more inundated with media now than ever 400 shows on the t on tv at once plus any show that's ever been made in history available for you to stream plus any movie that's ever been made available for you to stream so i get it you have to cut through the noise to some degree, but at the same time, there's a. It feels very manufactured, yeah. which doesn't mean it's not going to be a good film. Mm-hmm. It just feels really manufactured because when Sicario came out, that felt to me like a standalone movie, one story. It was a great story. Um, I really liked that film, and you know, there's a an issue that some people have with the film in terms of how the point of view is told that I think works perfectly for mm-hmm. it, and I won't get into it because I don't want to spoil it for you. Um, having said that. These are cool characters, and if mm. we're going to see them in a way that is relevant and fresh in terms of this now being about immigration mm-hmm. and the border, well, it's pretty relevant right now. And so if we can get the conversation going around that through this movie, great. Yeah. Going to be slightly – you're absolutely right in what you've said, and I totally agree. Um, slightly different angle. Um, sounding slightly cynical, but Lionsgate mm. have had a couple of movies in the last 18 months that they really thought were going to be solid franchises. Yep. It hasn't worked out that way. Nope. Uh, nope. It's a very nice <laughs> way of putting it. So, obviously, when Sicario was made, we've got to assume that they weren't looking at doing it as this. Are they trying to make a franchise out of something that they weren't intending to make a franchise out Definitely. of? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But having said that. But is it more on quality rather than the need to make money? Right. I mean, ha- but, but if the, what they deliver is a film, if they deliver a good film that sparks conversation, um, then okay. You yeah. know, it's a little manufactured, but if it ultimately works and it's a good film, we don't care. Okay. Um, um, a franchise that's being dragged, kicking and screaming out of its naughty corner, um, Beverly Hills Cop. <laughs> I'm naughty so corner. excited. I'm, I'm 
unfathomably excited, but it was 23 years ago, or as I call it, BH, before hairless. <laughs> um, yeah, 23 years ago is a long time ago, and Beverly Hills Cop, as much as I love it and rewatch it when I'm drunk at night, <laughs> it's shit. It's so shit. Um, it's going to have new directors, which is a really interesting angle for them. Two Belgian guys that nobody really knows. For a film that hasn't even come out in the US yet, Eddie Murphy watched it, a few other people involved in the movie watched it, and went, give it the film to those guys. It's going to take Axel Foley. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, get the fuck out of here! All the way back to Detroit, to yeah. his roots, which I think is awesome. But obviously then it's not going to be in Beverly Hills. So it's not going to be a Beverly Hills. So it's not going to be, yeah, Hills gonna cop. be a Beverly Hills cop now back in Detroit. So, so it's who, almost like the opposite. Yeah. So who's? Uh, yeah, that that you know would I mean? work. I get that. So we're not going to have him wrecking the buffet at the Harrow Club right. this morning. <laughs> Instead, he's going to be have, having been softened up by the lush life in Beverly Hills. He's going to yeah. have to now go back to Detroit, actual Detroit today, too, mind you. Yeah. Mm. And um and probably refine himself. I think mm. that's what they're going to do. Um, I like the idea that the directors, um, they just were, so Murphy and Bruckheimer were just charmed <laughs> yeah. by how much they were like, oh yeah, Beverly Hills Cop, we love that movie, it means so much to us. We're going to give you our movie to direct. Yeah. That's a great story right there. It's great. Because I'm a big fan of a lot of things that no one should give me to direct. Mm. But I think this is a cute, you know, it's you believe that if they're fans, they'll be able to take care of it. But also, I mean, it, it's 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 quite funny for me because not many people in Hollywood sit down in their chairs and spin around and go, "Do you know who we'd give this action franchise to? Belgians, yeah, because Belgians. they their film industry yeah. has such a strong heritage of making kick-ass action movies." I have this question for us. Let <laughs> sure. me ask you guys this: because like, Eddie Murphy actually delayed this quite a while because yeah. he wasn't happy. He no. wasn't happy with the script mm-hmm. and he wasn't happy with the directors they were talking about. And sure. now he's happy and he's saying, "Okay, let's go forward. I want to make a good movie." But do we think that what they're going to do with Beverly Hills Cop is take something that was fun and kitschy and very silly, to mm. your point, and make it dark and gritty? Is that what's happening? I think they could do that. And do you know what? I'll be okay with that. Yeah. As long as there's still that element of humor in there. You know, I, I would like to see some of the characters return. I'd like to see Judge Judge Reinhold return. Yes. Just because he needs work. He does. And I, like, <laughs> I fucking love Judge Reinhold. Um, so, Hollywood... Give Judge Reinhold Give him some work. Him and Casper Van Dien, because I fucking love them. Use them more. Um, that was my political broadcast over. Um, but yeah, I think I wouldn't mind with it going gritty. I'm okay with it going a bit darker. I think if it was too silly, mm-hmm. as we're seeing with, with Central Intelligence, which comes out this week, it just... False it's, flat. It's, it's, it's false, and it's just not enough of anything then to be enough of something. I want, if I... I want it to be uh, silly in an Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy silly, Mm. right? That's good, fun, silly. Yeah. And good story. So that's what I want. If we're going to do gritty and add a silly element, it can be Ant-Man, Guardians of the Galaxy, not Central Intelligence. So what about the cop then going from Beverly Hills to Detroit? I like your story. That's a great idea. (laughs) Axel finds himself again. Yeah, having been lost in the wilds of spoiled Beverly Hills. So, who would you like to see as the cop going from Beverly Hills to Detroit? With him? Do you want a younger cop? Do you want a man cop? Do you want a female cop? I mean, I don't know if you guys have seen The Nice Guys. Yes, but I want one of my favorite so, films of the year. Yeah, so I want magically because though that took place not in this era, <laughs> um, magically 
exactly Ryan Gosling from that movie. <laughs> partner mm. with Axel. <laughs> yeah. Even having, though he wasn't a cop, he was a detective. And can we have him played by Matt Bomer? Yes. Oh, yeah. Because oh, my God. I love Matt Bomer. <laughs> I mean, he's just almost, he's so attractive that there should be a law against it. Mm. He's, un- I don't think I've, there are two people I've stared into the face of in this industry and thought, you're, Beauty is blinding. Yeah. There's him and Halle Berry. I feel like there's so many of them. Yeah. I mean, it's it's so much so that I was having a weird day at this is is this two inside baseball? Like at a junket. It mm. was for the junket for I think it was Ultron, and I was sitting, it was um, I think it was Scarlett Johansson and somebody else in studio. Like, and it, I just go, you realize that you're in a genetic anomaly, right? Like this <laughs> doesn't happen for other people. <laughs> It was just one of those moments that they were like, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> yeah, but I, 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 Matt Bomer for me in, in The Nice Guys, I, his bad guy He's was so just great. amazing. I wanted more of that. But I would love to see him as, as doing that. This kind of very chiseled, very clean white guy from Beverly Hills Cop going to a gritty Detroit, yeah. whereas run down it is with possibly a slightly disheveled Axel Foley. Yes. It would just be a brilliant... Yeah. I just want Matt Boomer on my screen, so I'm okay with it. But I also like the idea <laughs> well, that... When you say screen, do you mean you? Yeah. 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 So okay, I'm, just wanted to clear that up. I, yeah. I, l- I also like the idea that Axel got soft a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You know, I like the idea because, especially with New York and L.A., I don't know if you guys know about this little rivalry between New York and L.A., but it's like, you know... There's a rivalry? No. <laughs> um, but don't go... If you're in L.A. too long, you kind of, like, get soft. Yeah. Um, which I think to some degree is actually true, mm. you know. So I kind of like the idea that he's been living in Beverly Hills, the life of a Beverly Hills cop, and now he's going back and maybe he brings Matt Bomer with him. Yeah. Hey, I'll totally watch that. Actual Matt Bomer. Act, yeah. actual, <laughs> as Matt Bomer. Because he's, he's studying for a film. Yeah. yeah. Oh. oh, my God. Seriously, Belgians, if you're watching, you need, you need to get Roth to write on this with you. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Stan and Eddie Murphy, we'll, we'll swap to the week's big releases in just a second because we covered so much news. Um, off the back of Eddie Murphy, uh, more Shrek sequels, apparently. Mm. Um, there's some pressure on... Um, um, to create more Shrek yes. movies. Get that green. Um, because yes. four weren't enough. Not at all. And the uh, holiday specials, um, two holiday specials, and the theme park attractions, and the attraction in London, which is very good, by the way. If you're and in London and you haven't been there, go and check it the out. The Puss in Boots. Uh, and Puss in Boots, yeah. yeah. No, they need more. So, yeah. Are we kind of... Are we kind of done with Shrek I, they're not obviously. I mean, no, it, look, I'm not. This is this is. I love Shrek, but I mean, do you do you feel like it was not started to be diminishing returns a little bit or no? Um, I think it's been 15 years since the first one, and I think that they can yeah. rethink things now and make it better. But I love. They it. should take Shrek to Detroit um, <laughs> with Matt Bomer and Matt and get the Belgians yeah. involved. Yeah, but I I think that Shrek it, it was such an, uh, a new thing for us. It mm. wasn't the same old. Disney princess story and the lessons that we got, well, because it wasn't Disney, but you know, it was the lessons that we got from each Shrek movie was different than what we'd had before. Yeah. And I I love Shrek so much um, that I want to see more and I want to see where they go and, and as they grow and as his three little ogre babies grow up, mm. you know, there's so much more 
in this beautiful world that they created that they could do. And I want that. That's interesting to, I like the idea of focusing on the little babies and because the babies, though they're ogres, yeah. um, they have a dual identity. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, they are also princess. Right. <laughs> they're also half. That's right. I agree. Like Shrek is amazing. The yeah. first Shrek movie. And it did. It defied all those tropes. Mm-hmm. And it was so fun and funny and charming and original. Um, I, if they can nail how to bring it back in a fresh way, that's great. It's just tricky because it does appear to be such an obvious cash grab. Right. You know, does yeah. it not feel that way? Am I to, to me, it does. I think there are plenty of other franchises out there. I mean, with Kung Fu Panda, I think that's kind of run its course now. Yeah. You know, I enjoyed the movies, but let's put that aside now. Um, uh, yeah, I think this felt the same for me for Shrek. I'm kind of like, just develop something that's new and different. And I think they have... Within that catalogue, things like Minions and stuff mm. like that, um, and possibly the Pets movie that, that comes out very soon. You know, they are, they've are they got potential franchises there, I think, they should True. focus on. I heard that um, looks amazing, by the way. I've so heard good. great yeah. things. Uh, and and the, the guy who wrote that, actually, is, is following me on Twitter, and I'm desperately trying to get him in, um, because apparently the script is, is amazing. Um, and it's a great cast. It's, yeah. it's written it's by the cast. Despicable Me guys. Yeah, 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 exactly. Mm, yeah. The same guy did Minions and stuff as well. Right. Uh, very, very talented guy. Um, and you know, I just I, I'm really excited about that. So I think let's. I don't think we need more Shrek. I don't think anyone's going to benefit from that. And I think kids are kind of past. I mean, I'm sorry. Let, I'll get them to do one for you. Yeah, as a short, and you can just send it to yeah. you on WeTransfer, and you can just rewatch that, <laughs> and we'll not, we'll move on. It's not about Shrek. It's about Fiona. She. I, I. Sorry, just real quick. As a woman, as as a bigger woman, having this princess who. Um, learn to love herself and accept herself. It's such an important message that no other princess movie, you know, Frozen finally did it, but like we just, it, it was missing and it had taken so long and that's just really important and I feel like we need to keep going. That's that's, that's a really good point. And also Cameron Diaz could do with something great to yeah. starring because yep. I love Cameron Diaz and she's done some really shit films. Yeah. You know, we could it's do, not fair to her. We could get, the cast could be Cameron, it could be Matt Bomer, it could be <laughs> Judge Reinhold. Going we, to Belgium with like, Helen Mirren yeah. in the car. Yeah. Donald, Glover Donald Glover's in there. Donald Glover's in there. Donald Glover in there. Yeah, but I, Seriously, we are nailing Coming this. Coming together. Um, okay, so um, let's uh, leave the week's news for there. We, we, we're sort of kind of running out of time. There's so much more to talk about, but let's talk about the big releases this week. Um, we've touched on this, and also uh, I think it was uh, Lonely Horse in the chat room was was asking about it earlier. Uh, yeah, Lo- Lonely Seahorse. Um, Clown, the Eli Roth-produced horror movie directed by... Uh, John, John Watts, John Watts, who's gone on to do Spider-Man: Homecoming and, and Cop Car, which you should check out if you haven't seen it. It's really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, Clown is a film that, that Eli originally um, came across when someone sent him a one-minute trailer, fake trailer that, that that John had done online as just for a laugh, and said it was an Eli Roth movie. People came to Eli Roth and were like, "What the fuck is this? This looks kind of awesome. When's it coming out?" He was like, oh, "I don't know what the hell you're talking about." Mm-hmm. Um, I did I did an interview but with let's Eli, make it. but it was like, "Yeah, this is awesome." <laughs> um, so I did an interview with Eli about this. Actually, it's on Forbes. I'll, I'll post in the after show notes um, and it's a really interesting story but clown is is this movie that that's going to, to the, it's limited theatrical release and then vod as well about a guy who basically um a, a kid uh, he's got a kid the clown doesn't turn up at the party he puts on a clown suit can't take the clown suit off turns out the clown suit is made out of demon skin and he has to feed on children sure. to in order to survive right and um, there's a lot more to it than that and there are some amazing flourishes in there uh, as just creative flourishes that are absolutely genius some great performances and brilliant characters um it's only just coming out here but it's been out on video on demand in the uk for a while it was a big hit in italian cinemas have you guys seen this at all 
I haven't, and it's it's really unfortunate because I love Cop Car and Clown. Clown, mm. I believe, is the first film he made, and yeah. then he made Cop Car, yeah. and Cop Car is what got him the Spider Man job. Yeah. Um, but the guy really knows how to work with kids. Yeah. And so I'm dying to see this film because the Cop Car, though it's not a horror movie, that's the biggest movie that scared me this year. Because though it's not a horror movie, I spent that entire movie. Have you seen Cop Car? No. Okay, if you love children, if you don't hate <laughs> children and want them to die horribly this film will have you not that they do that's not a spoiler but this film (laughs) will have you sweating and panting and going my god don't do that because it's kids doing very organic dumb kid things Mm. in a very dangerous situation so i wanted to see what an actual horror from him would do. It's, Is it scary? It's 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 genuinely unnerving. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's a really solid. It's a different. There's a lot of scary clown movies out there, and this is a really different idea, and it's done really well. It's delivered with not just going for scares, and there's not a great script. It's got a great script, it's got great performances, and it's a great story. It really has everything, and some of the creative flourishes, there's a a moment where the guy tries to kill himself um, because he can't get the suit off, and it's just, just I won't spoil it because it'll ruin the moment, but there's a moment of genius where you're like, holy shit, that's good, that's creative genius, and... It's a fascinating story. It's it's really well done. It's just a really solid film and a great horror film. That's interesting because the, the, that's what I found about Cop Car as well. I mean, it's a thriller, obviously, but you the sense of empathy that you have for these characters, even mm. though they're not these, you know, one-dimensional, like, white hat type characters, you know, especially the kids, they're making horrible mistakes, but you can't help but want to collect them and mm. remove them from the situation. Do you feel that way about the guy in the demon suit? Yeah, very much yeah. so. It's, 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 it, I mean, I couldn't sum it up better myself, actually. When we're talking about budgets of films, I think this was a, a $1 million budget, and what they've done with it far exceeds what many films that are given $15, 20000000 million budgets are done. So you really should check it out. It's called Clown. It's out on VOD and limited release in theatres this weekend. Uh, and if you're listening to this outside of the US, check it out on Home Entertainment, because it, it's really, really cool. Um, Central Intelligence. I think I'm the only person that's seen this this week. Yes. Yeah. It's, but it's uh, The Rock. Is he amazing? Well, <laughs> I like The Rock. I like Dwayne Johnson. Although I heard there was a film this week that he wasn't cast in. So no. I was quite surprised. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll add him in somewhere. Um, maybe as a rock. Um, yeah, it's it's a new comedy. It's the first one that we're going to see him paired with, with Kevin Hart. no animated movie done that yet? Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Um, good point. Um, so, yeah, it, the story is basically um, the, the Dwayne Johnson plays a kid that was um, bullied in school. Um, Kevin Hart plays the guy who was the, the big guy on campus. He was fantastic, but a nice guy. He wasn't a dick. Um, yeah. The Rock was bullied. The Rock yes. plays the bully. He, he was the fat kid that was bullied. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so basically then leave high school. Um, there's a humiliating moment for The Rock's character. Flash forward in the future, it's time for a school reunion. Suddenly, Kevin Hart's character gets a message on Facebook from someone he doesn't know who it is, a guy called Bob Stone. Uh, turns out that it's The Rock. Um, there's a bit more story to it. The Rock is now a CIA agent. Kevin Hart is not hasn't gone on to be like amazing. He's just an accountant. Um, it's that kind of, world's colliding kind of situation. Um, should be hilarious. It's not hilarious. Um, I love... Dwayne Johnson and I love Kevin Hart together. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the chemistry is there. This is not 
Dwayne's best movie by any stretch. The material is at times a little bit racist. Um, yeah, I was really surprised. I, I, I laughed at the jokes, but not in a, that's funny. It's kind of like, ha ha, uh, racist um. uncle kind of uh, <laughs> thing. I mean, comments like referring to, um, uh, to Kevin Hart as a chocolate Google um, and uh, referring to him as a as a as a bite sized or snack sized um, Denzel Washington, and then making jokes about Korean men's penises. Now, I I love a dick joke, sure, as much as the next guy who doesn't. The posters um, were essentially a dick joke. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A little know, heart a, and a big Johnson. Yeah, and it just it. it there's a good film in there, but it's not enough of anything being an action movie. All the action sequences take place in in a crowded city, but there are no witnesses ever, and nobody ever gets hurt. You know, all these CIA agents that, that are shit at shooting because they never managed to hit anybody. And it's, mm. it just feels a little bit formulaic. A good idea done badly. Um, and it's just not funny enough. It's fine to watch on a plane, but <laughs> as a movie. And it, there's also one scene in it quite early on where... It's a scene in a bar, and it's really unfortunate timing, and uh, Dwayne Johnson is there with Kevin Hart, and these other guys start picking on them, and they're, they're got, they've got a weapon, and it's a fight in a bar, and they're making homophobic comments, and everybody I watched with the screening was kind of like, this is really not, this yeah. is not good timing. Yeah. Um, this is really, uh, so I, I feel for the studio releasing it now, you know, with a gun-focused gun movie, with things like that in it. It's just not good right now. Um, but it's also not a great movie. But it'll do... I think it'll do okay at the box office. Thursday night previews um, were... I think it was 1.83 million, which is not particularly strong. No. Um, up against Finding Dory, which was uh, 9.2 million. Right, right. Record Thursday for an animated yeah. movie. Um, so I think it's a film that will do okay... I think it will then be great to watch on a plane when you've had a couple of beers, but it wasn't funny enough. It felt a little bit too racist for me, and it wasn't exciting enough to be an action movie and funny enough to be a comedy. Mm-hmm. So well, skip it. Yeah. The, I want to see more from them together. Mm. That wet my appetite. I do not want to see a sequel to Central Intelligence. There's bullying. <laughs> There's a bullying as a theme at the heart of it, but... Then the bullies, it that, that doesn't quite work at right. all. It just doesn't really fit. It's just uneven. Great references to Sixteen <laughs> Candles, though, and Roadhouse. So two points I'm for that. Kind of back in. Yeah. yeah. See, there are. That. It's one of those films where there are moments where you're like, yeah, okay, I'm on board with this, and then they do something, and you're like, no. dude, really? Yeah, no. So it's a movie you watch when you're drunk with your racist uncle. Yes. They didn't use that on the poster. <laughs> That's what they, they went is. with something oh, different. Quote. But yeah, yeah, I'm you know, I'm sure I'm sure Trump supporters will love it. Yeah. Um Finding Dory. Oh. We've all seen. Yes. Uh okay, if we're gonna give it marks out of ten. Oh, must we? Um I don't We I, don't have to. It's not like I will make you do it. You won't. No. Um, I would appreciate it if you did. <laughs> well, you said uh, I'm last kind of week. your server. I'd like eighteen percent, but you can give me fifteen. You said last week that you felt like it was a movie you need to see a second time yeah. to catch everything. Yeah. And I felt the same way. I watched it and Good. I enjoyed it and I thought this is funny. I like this. I don't I personally wasn't as uh attached as I think I became the first time I saw Finding Nemo. Sure. Um, I will say that Sigourney Weaver is the best oh, part. Mm. That's all you... What? 
totally agree. Oh, I thought you were going to yell at me. No, no I totally I just, agree. I just heard it was no, her no, name. I, know, I, I didn't know. want to spit coffee at you. And that would have <laughs> been rude. This got me so scared. So. Wait, no, he said her name. He said oh, her did, name. I didn't know. Last week. Oh, okay. So I thought it was okay to say her name. No, I don't know. I mean, and, and she's listed in the credits on IMDb yes, and stuff like yeah, that. We don't, I never said what yeah, the part is. Yeah, that's it. She's just my favorite. And then um, Ty Burrell and uh, Kaylin Olsen. Those were my other favorite roles. Um, those are actors that are in this movie. That's all I'm saying. Ed, Ed O'Neill, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. genius as, as Hank the yeah. octopus. Yeah, the octopus Septipus. was amazing. Septipus. Septipus. Yeah, my I have a friend that's obsessed with um, octopi mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. for because they are such smart and, and it's really funny because I think last week an octopus escaped from a marine center in New Zealand and basically went and found his way to a drain pipe and went out and they were like, well, where's the drain pipe going? They're like, the ocean. He's found freedom. Really funny. Um, This octopus I thought was amazing. With Dory, it does feel a little bit like retreading some of the same ground because you you really are. You know, you're taking a very similar journey. It's for a different reason, but you're trying to find the character is trying to find someone that they love Mm -hmm. um, and reunite. So it's very similar themes really similar moments but at the same time I think they did refresh it with some new characters and it the different theme in Dory that everybody's been talking about and I think is really true is just this idea of introducing characters with various disabilities and defying the idea that they are somehow incapable mm-hmm. because of those disabilities that each one of them has something to offer and so for kids that are special needs in any way I think this is an amazing film for them and yep. for that reason alone I kind of unabashedly love it mm. I, I thought it, it was it was slightly more adult in tone with the comedy as well, but mm. not adult in the it's not suitable for kids mm-hmm, kind right. of way. It's got a higher rating. Um, I think this is a is a is a PG rated cartoon rather than a G rated, which um, Finding Nemo was. But it certainly hasn't hurt box office, and it doesn't feel any less appropriate for families. No. Um, I people refer to this, and I refer to it as a sequel. I think it's more of a companion piece than a sequel. Um, because it's not a direct follow-on. Yeah, um, right. I would like to see a third movie. I did an interview with, with um, Ellen for IGN. Again, I'll post a link in the in the YouTube links. Um, and she was saying that if she was to come back for a third movie, which she's very much open to, she would like to see Hank, so finding Hank, get a bit more about his story. Uh, something happens, we're aware of something that happened to him earlier in his life in the movie, and mm. she wants to explore that. Mm. Um, so I I would be open to a third movie. This one's clearly going to do phenomenally well. Yeah. I think it'll probably hit a billion within about four or five weeks, without even going international very quickly. It doesn't open in the UK till like, mid-July. Yeah, I will I will say that I was left with a lot of curiosity about Hank and his backstory. Mm. And what it, because, again, cause, just because I have this friend that's obsessed with that <laughs> Octopi, um, is that they actually hate to be in captivity and they will like any kind of captivity and they will like kill themselves. They will just leave the tank and die, you know, rather than be in captivity. They really, so if you ever see an octopus um, in captivity, feel sad. That's what I'm telling you. Set them free. Set them free. Yeah. Um, They'll find their way out. They're very smart. Now, finding Dory, for me, we were asked earlier by a caller, um, you know, where it would rank in the best Pixar movies. And for me, there are a lot of people out there, a lot of critics who disagreed with this, and they they feel it's kind of lacking a little bit samey, which you've touched on as a a minor criticism as well. Um, This is certainly, for me, it's in that top echelon of of the Pixar efforts, and it's considerably better than some of their most recent Mm -hmm. efforts. Yeah, I mean, I I laughed. I enjoyed it. I thought these were very entertaining and engaging characters. We certainly got to know Dory in a new way. And 
little Dory. Oh my gosh. Oh, yeah. so, Baby so cute. Dory. So cute. Yeah. The cutest. But I, I really, I guess, you know, and I hate to sound, it's, I guess, maybe a little cheesy, but really for me, that is the thing is that if this is a, and I heard kids loving it mm-hmm. in my screening. And um, if this is a, a film that you can especially show any kind of special needs kid mm. and they can get the message that, you know, there's no stopping you. You may have to do things differently, but there's nothing there. You certainly can do many things. Yeah. Then I'm all for it. Um, I absolutely loved it. I have no idea where I would rank it because I've never thought about ranking my Pixar movies because I love them all so much. Um, but I, my only complaint is I felt like we were like, great, we're we're and we're done, but it kept going. And then I was like, great, and we're done, but it kept going. And uh, I don't like that in a movie. But I mean, it was great. And I, I, aside from that, and that's a personally, that's a personal thing. I'm sure no one else agrees with me. Um, I think it was great and wonderful. And I, I love the way you look at it and the message. And that Nemo had the same type of message Mm. Um, and so here are two great movies to give this great message to children but it didn't go on too long so that you felt it was kind of more finding snorri than finding no 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 it was just uh you'd get to a point where i was like okay we could wrap it up here but we don't like just another thing happens and i went uh, all right okay let's see what happens now well talking about um wrapping things up yes uh, perfect it's almost like you've done this before. I have. This is amazing. This uh, so uh, it's time to, to finish this week, I yeah. think. We've covered so much. We could go on for hours, but unfortunately we have other things to do. Um, so thank you uh, to my co-host this week, um, Yell Teagle. Yeah. Where can we find you on social media? Um, I'm everywhere at Yell Teagle, Y-A-E-L-T-Y-G-I-E-L. I'm also on a plethora of after shows here at AfterBuzz, our sister network. Um, and I have a free iTunes podcast called Intimate Interrogations. Sometimes it's filthy, sometimes it's not. So check that out. And and uh, on Roth Cornette, where can we find you? Sold with the curiosity gap on that <laughs> podcast. Yeah. Um, I'm at Roth Cornette. That's R-O-T-H-C-O-R-N-E-T on Twitter and Instagram and the things. Um, I'm on HitFix every day doing weird stuff. Uh, fantastic. Well, um, Jeff is going to be back next week, so I'll be sitting over there uh, like a little uh, bald spare part. Uh, but in the meantime, obviously, if you're listening to this on iTunes, uh, that will mean nothing to you because you can't see me, but I'm a little bald fella. Um, don't forget to like us on YouTube, uh, rank us on uh, iTunes, tell all your friends. We really appreciate it. And uh, we'll be back here next week with myself and uh, Jeff, who will be lovely and tanned, like um, a tanned Jeff. <laughs> that that could have gone better. Uh, until next week, keep on swimming. From producers Maria Menunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only, and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.